you're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back with Gene and Chris on the Paracast, and every so often, we set up a session called a Listener Roundtable, where some of our most active people from the forums are invited to be guests on the show. And because we have such great people on our forums, we have people there who know more about more things than we do, which is why Chris and I seem to be so smart, especially me. It's because we read all the posts from all these people who've got like 170,000 posts over the various years of the Paracast, and a lot of them are words of wisdom. So we are joined today by Gogs Mackay, who's also one of our forum administrators. Gogs, welcome back. How's it going, Gene? Nice to be back. It's going great. How are things in Scotland? We had a, a really good uh, Indian summer. Um, the last couple of weeks was actually surprisingly turning to, um, to autumn now. All right. In Australia, we have Mike Jones, known as Mike, in our forums. And we've talked to people on the other side of the world before. And you have been one of our most prolific posters. Do you actually have a day job, or is this all you do is post in the forums? Uh, I am I am retired now. G'day from the land down under, everyone. Um, I, I'm retired now, but um, I have plenty to do during the day. Uh, I'm, I'm surrounded by a zoo, so to speak. I spend most of my day feeding critters. Oh, tell me more about the zoo. Well, apart from the, the usual uh, house pets, I've got five dogs and goldfish. Uh, and when I say goldfish tanks, I'm talking... 12 feet long and uh, 3 feet wide, some of these tanks. And then there's all the, all the native wildlife. So I have kookaburras. I've got uh, nine woodland ducklings on, on the pond at the, at the moment. I've got chickens down the back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely surrounded by animals at all, all the time. We just have one dog and one wife, and that's it. The sun is off in Madrid. And well, it would be quieter. <sighs> well, yeah, there is that. Especially those kookaburras, man. They can really uh, they can make quite a racket. Yeah, well, all the bird life up here does. The dawn chorus and, and the dusk chorus um, can be quite, you know, quite overwhelming. The, the noise up here, I mean, we're surrounded by parrots as well. So the, the bird song up here, especially in the dawn and dusk, is um, quite intense. Now, because of the time zone, we got you to get up real early in the morning, like 3 o'clock in the morning or something like that, because of all the time zone changes. So are you, I hope, fully awake for this? I'm reasonably awake. Yes, it's three fourteen in the morning down here, but I've uh, I've just chugged a very very large plunger of coffee, so ho- hopefully my hair will be standing on end in no time. Well, we want to do that. We want to make everybody's <laughs> hair stand on end here on the Powercast. And some of the things we hear out there in the world, you wonder. And let me give you something here, which had come to my attention. Chris saw this a couple of weeks back, and this was after we had Jan Harzan, the executive director of MUFON on the show. And then we get a letter from a member, in a would-be member in Austria who says they won't take his membership. And this guy has got, you know, some serious scientific credentials. You saw the letter, didn't you, Chris? I did see the lender, uh, letter, and I sent it off to Jan. And basically, uh, you know, the guy's got advanced uh, postgraduate degrees in um, in actually i think two subjects and evidently in austria there's quite an elitist small group of mufon members that are all scientists and his credentials weren't i guess uh worthy enough 
for his inclusion in the local MUFON chapter there, which uh, to me is ludicrous. Well, you know, supposedly they take almost anyone as a member. I mean, among MUFON members were people like Jim Mosley. In fact, when Jim Mosley used to put the word James W. Mosley J.S. on issues of Saucer Smear, J.S. stood for Journal Subscriber because he was a subscriber to MUFON. I'm a member of MUFON. They take my money every year, and they never complain. And not that I've always been too kind to them, which is different than some of the organizations of old. Like, for example, NICAP, the venerable organization that was headed by Major Donald Kehoe, would not accept Jim Mosley's membership. So Jim had to have someone else join under a different name. I think APRO probably wouldn't accept his membership either. So, you know, a lot of crazy things happen in the UFO field. But this is crazy. We have a guy who has legitimate educational credentials. He wants to be part of their work. I don't know. Well, I know you sent a letter to Jan. I did also. Well, he, he was he was almost insulted. Uh, and, and Jan was really backpedaling, saying, well, you know, I'm going to look into this. And certainly you can be a, a member of MUFON. But the guy, I think, because of the tenor and and the stuffiness and sniffiness of the reply from the local uh, German and or Austrian, I think, MUFON chapter, you know, really turned him off. And he was willing to dive in, roll his sleeves up, and get busy. And, boy, talk about cutting off your nose to spite your face. I think that just, you know, attitude would be the primary thing thereafter. You know, if you're willing to matter quite if you have four advanced degrees, Mike, you had a feeling on this? Uh, I, I guess, I mean, it, it boils down to politics from, from, from what I can see. And, and, and you know, it, it's, it's obviously an issue with the local chapter. Um, and sometimes when you're dealing with sort of local groups of people, then politics comes into play. And the old adage of power shared, power lost seems to come to mind. I think that it, it sounds like the, the, um, the, the elites that, that are running the local chapter don't, don't really want to share the credit around too much. They, they don't want to, um, to slice that pie any uh, any thinner than they already do by the sounds of it. Well, the problem is here, the pie is pretty thin right now. MUFON today probably has no more members than they had 40, 50 years ago. So they're still hanging I'm out. I'm sure they have less. Probably they have less, I agree. So Yeah, the- I, I think. I think they should um, they, they should let this guy join. I mean, the, the, the main criteria for me is a passion for the subject. I mean, if you've got that, then anything else is academic. Well, the key being here, though, the criteria should be, do you have the money? Or do you have, as long as you have nothing in your background, that will reflect really negatively on them. I mean, if you are a hardened criminal, you've in prison and you're serving a life sentence as a serial killer, I guess supposedly, I guess they wouldn't want your membership. That would make sense. That does make sense. Yeah, but just a regular guy or somebody who has a scientific background, boy, we sure need people with scientific backgrounds in UFO research. And this is really, I think, a serious issue for an organization like MUFON because they've got to really embrace as many serious people as possible. We have a subject that still isn't taken seriously by too many people. I, I agree. On the surface of it, it sounds very strange. He, as you say, he has the, 
the academic achievements to make him a valuable member. He has the enthusiasm and the interest in the genre. Um, if, if there's not, nothing else precluding his joining, such as the, the aforementioned criminal history and, and or bad reputation, then um, well, I can't see any reason why they wouldn't let him join. It's, it seems very strange. Listen, they let me join. What else can I say? If they'll let me join, why wouldn't they let anyone else join? Actually, they let me join NICAP, too, even when they hated me and hated Jim Mosley back in the early days. They were so desperate for the money, they would take anyone. And I would think here, too, MUFON doesn't have a large amount of disposable income to go around for research. And if anything, they should be embracing as many members as possible and also trying to take it away from this so-called Rotary Club image, you know, this middle American businessman image, you want to get the young people involved in UFO research. You know, and Chris and I and Mike, and to a lesser extent, Gogs are a couple of years older than that. But we want to get the young people involved. And I don't know that an organization like MUFON really is able to do that. I would say we're able to tell you that we have a listener roundtable, and we have Gogs Mackay from Scotland, Mike Jones from Australia, and Gene and Chris, at least for now, in Arizona. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting, and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2Hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, A2Hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, They're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Eric Hamburg with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Ever wonder why billionaires like Warren Buffett, John Paulson, are dumping their shares of U.S. company stocks? Do they know something we don't? No investor wants to own stocks with falling profit margins and shrinking dividends. Is it possible a 1987-style market crash is coming? Are these investors aware of a massive correction of up to 90%? Call me, Eric Hamburg, at 800-686-2237, extension 120, and find out why gold and silver are the only true safe haven. With the event-driven risks, such as volatility in the financial market and conflict in Syria and the Middle East, the sky is the limit for gold and silver. That's Eric Hamburg, 800 686 extension 120 and I'll send you a a brochure explaining why gold and silver are the only way to preserve your purchasing power as a currency's value crumbles and gold being priced in dollars metals value will skyrocket again that's Eric Hamburg Midas Resources 800-686-2237 extension 120 
Are you concerned about blood pressure, cholesterol, or other cardiovascular issues? Are you taking an omega-3 supplement but are not seeing the results you've been promised? Dr. Stephen Sinatra's famous Little Red Pill is the only fish oil alternative enhanced with resveratrol, providing you with sustained energy and the amazing health results you've been looking for. Now you can balance triglycerides and cholesterol, improve circulation, get rid of blood pressure problems, and many other signs of aging with Omega-Q Plus with resveratrol. Call today to find out how to get a free bonus bottle of Omega-Q Plus with resveratrol as part of our radio special. Dr. Stephen Sinatra is America's number one integrative cardiologist and formulated this alternative to fish oil with high levels of omega-3 DHA and EPA from a triple purified calamarine source. You get vital omega-3s, DHA and EPA along with CoQ10, resveratrol and four other ingredients for complete cardiovascular protection. This combination nearly doubles the power of fish oil for your heart, brain, arteries, eyes and cholesterol. Call now to get your free bonus bottle at 1-800-240-6508 and ask for Omega-Q Plus with resveratrol. That's 1-800-240-6508. Again, 1-800-240-6508. Time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Will the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me? Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, Listener Roundtable with Mike Jones and Gogs and Mackay joining us. We'll have a few questions from listeners later. But we're just discussing the state or tragic state of ufo research and where we go with that and what's going to happen and right now i guess the most important organization out there would probably be mufon in terms of publicity and everything else and we have someone in australia saying gee i'd like to be a member but they won't have me and it's not that i want to make a big deal of this because i do i really think that An organization like MUFON needs to find ways to attract younger people, people who text, people who use Twitter, people who use Facebook, and people who use other social networks we old codgers know nothing about. So I guess I'll ask all of you if you have any ideas, and we'll start with Mike because you're retired, and therefore getting younger people involved in elements of paranormal research what do you think could be done i'm honestly not sure um i think it, it's one of these things that has to evolve organically and you just got to roll with it um if, if i was this um this person in austria i guess i would um take some solace and i think it's that quote by groucho marx which is any club that would have me as a member i don't want to be a member of not that that's um pertinent to what we're discussing today which is in order to how to get the membership to move on um you know, up and running again. I, I really don't know how they do it, uh, but I do agree that um, 
they need fresh blood. Any organisation needs fresh blood or you stagnate and die. Well, it's partly here about the UFO field in general, whether this sort of study can attract younger people. It's almost unfortunate if it doesn't. You know, it's really got to be at a point here where we have what should be the most amazing mystery of our time. We have this stuff happening, UFOs, weird things being seen in the sky and on the ground, some people saying they were abducted, all sorts of events that seem to surround the mystery. And that's got to interest almost anybody. But instead, I think the demographic's not that good. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think the word mystery is an important word because I think there's been an evolution in the mindset of people. When, you know, when, when I was young, it, it was a genuine mystery and, and it was a, a genuine question to which there were no answers. Whereas today, when you look at some of the polls, you know, you're looking at you know, half the population believes that, that UFOs are real and half the population believes that, that ET is here. And, and when you get that, so the mystery sort of goes out of it, I think, when, 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 the, when the, the popular... Um, mindset is sort of saying, yeah, yeah, they're here. Yeah, we, we recognize that. And, and, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's no longer a mystery. It's, um, it's for the same reason we, we don't seem to explore those wild spaces on our own planet anymore because it, it's all been done. It's, it's, there's nothing left to see. I think that's a really good point, Mike. Uh, I, I think it's just kind of a knee jerk assumption now by the younger generation that it's not that big of a deal. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, there's UFOs. Yeah, there's aliens. Haven't you ever seen the Star Wars movie? They go into the bar and there's like 30 different alien types in there. The The mystery and the allure, I think, has gone out of it largely for the younger generation. And it's too fast paced. I mean, all you have to do is click on your smartphone, uh, get on your computer. You can find out anything that you want. Uh, you don't really have to use your powers of discernment. I think the younger generation is is... It's fairly discerning, but at the same time, I think they're being so overwhelmed with questionable data and questionable information that a lot of them, I think, just tune out. Okay, yeah, I've given a lot of thought to um, how we can encourage younger people into the UFO topic, and I kind of looked inward thinking, well, how did I get into it myself? But I don't think it's a subject that you can kind of even encourage anyone to get into. It's it's something, as Mike said, you, you either get into organically or like what happened with yourself, Gene, you know, a book was left on a table, but it was you that took the interest into that. And uh, I think people have to find it for themselves. You can, you know, you can give them the options, but they have to find it. And I think actually it's one of those subjects, if you try to push people into it, they might kind of even resist and say, well, no, I'm not interested in that. And Chris hit on the point that I was also thinking that with the Internet and with, uh, you know, uh, smartphones and everything, maybe and the amount of TV channels, maybe there's, it's just like reached a um, saturation point or, for people that there's so much choice that the, the mystique, the magic, the interest that we get from the UFO mystery, well, you know, there's lots of sci-fi, there's lots of whatever to be interested in, but you know, say back in the 60s and 70s, there was sci-fi movies, the whatever little there was on TV, there were some magazines and stuff, but all those things, every single one of those choices has been multiplied by a factor of, you know, a hundred more. And UFOs, the way we're into it, is just kind of slotted right in there amongst a whole host of other things. And 
I don't really know how to make it stand out. I don't know if you even can. And, you know, we, we had um, third phase of the moon <laughs> uh, discussed on here. And it's, it's, being, it's very popular, but, you know, compared to some other sites. But uh, is it doing anything positive in terms of actually attracting people? That regardless of whether it has fake videos or not, I, I just don't know if the UFO topic is something that you can encourage someone into you can uh, make the circumstance that it's available to them to get into if they wish but i don't think you can push anyone into it and i i, I think everyone all four of us here came to it ourselves uh, no one i i knew actually um, when i was younger was into ufos and very few people still are i still do, still know a few people that are into ufos so uh yeah, you used I don't to know. think one time years ago, when we used to try to look at the size of the UFO field, this was in the days when I worked with Jim Mosley, but that's back in the 1960s, but I don't know if it's very different. We would figure there were maybe a few hundred hardcore people who really followed the subject, and to the rest it was, oh, okay. You know, they sort of were interested, but they weren't really dedicated to what it is. Today, I think UFOs in general... It's all a big reality show to most people. They look at UFOs, they don't think of it in terms of something real that may impact their lives unless they've seen something or they know somebody who's had a really frightening encounter. When they see it on TVs, well, the TV shows are reality shows. It's not real. You know, it's like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or New Jersey. It's just a show. Why should we even take it seriously? Let's get back to watching football or getting back to whatever we get back to. It's not something that we would consider in a very serious way because it is not presented seriously. It is not presented as something that has incredible implications to our world. Because you know, it did, I really, think things Gene, would be it's different. It's really funny you should mention that. I, I just had a long conversation yesterday with, with a the head of development for a really big production company out in Hollywood who's produced 65 TV shows and uh, many of which uh, here in America, we've all heard of some of them uh, less noteworthy than others. Um, Let's have you finish that answer on our next segment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to find out more about his conversations with that network, but also to get the attitudes that they may present. We have Gogs McKay, Mike Jones, Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. First game attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there's the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind 
Attack of the Rockoids and the Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R O C K O I D S dot com. Nutritious food is real body armor. It builds muscle, burns fat, improves digestion, and feeds the entire body the nutrients it needs. Did you know the U.S. government banned the hemp plant from growing in the United States and classified it as a Schedule One drug to hide it behind the marijuana plant? People have been confused about this plant for over 80 years, and many still don't know what hemp is. So now you know hemp is not marijuana, and marijuana is not hemp. They are different varieties of the same species. Hemp you USA.org wants the world to know these basic facts and to help people understand that hemp protein powder is the best-kept health secret you need to know about. Remember, hemp protein powder contains 53% protein, is gluten-free, anti-inflammatory, non-GMO, and is loaded with nutrients. Call 888-910-4367, 888-910-4367, and see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. The National Preppers and Survivalist Expo, presented by Triton Shelter Technologies, is the only national event designated for the prepper community. October 19th and 20th at the North Atlanta Trade Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Admission is free, and the doors open at 9 a.m. Join us and learn life-saving tips that can help you and your family handle crisis situations. Special guests include Kevin O'Brien from Nat Geo's Doomsday Preppers, David Crawford, author of Lights Out, the director and cast members from the movie Lights Out Saga, and more. Special guest speakers include GCN's own Dr. Joel Wallach, along with Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy, and Tom Martin, the director of the American Preppers Network, two-time field and stream champion Chad Weatherford, along with many other leading experts from around the country. Join us for the country's largest emergency preparedness event, absolutely free, October 19th and 20th at the North Atlanta Trade Center in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, visit NPSExpo.com. That's NPSExpo.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? <laughs> hey. You sounded voice. like Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, now this guy's got a voice, you know? That was great. you got to have to learn to do voiceovers, Mike. You know, get yourself a better microphone. I have been asked to do radio once before, years and years and years ago. Well, you know what? Get yourself a really good mic, you know, if you're willing to invest a little bit of your retirement income on a good mic, and we'll have a ball. Okay, so Chris was talking about speaking with 
this big production company does a lot of TV, and he was obviously getting feedback, and I expect that feedback is not going to be too promising, is it? Well, you know, actually, there it is kind of promising, because I, I think I was able to take her um, and readjust her thinking. Basically, she was calling saying, look, um, you know, I you come recommended. You've worked with a lot of shows in the past, I understand. Uh, you know, you have some good ideas. You know, we want to put together um, a show. It's already sold. All we have to do is figure out the best way to do it and put together a show about UFO investigators. We want a team. And I said, wait a minute. Uh, have you been watching the last 10 years? And I rattled off all the shows that tried to do this and really, f uh, for the most part, failed miserably. Sci-fi investigates chasing UFOs most notably come to mind. But she says, well, that's that's what the networks want. I mean, they have a very narrow focus. They, they're they very comfortable in their box. They don't if it ain't broke, they don't want to fix it. And I and I reminded her that that particular approach, that reality show approach of constantly going around and talking to people about anecdotal sightings, uh, maybe uh, every three or four shows you happen to get a, a clip or a photograph. I said, people are bored with that. You need to really take this thing to the next level. And I suggested a number of ideas of how to make this this whole idea of reality television, which is the model right now, whether we like it or not. The networks, uh, it's very inexpensive to produce these shows, relatively speaking to a dramatic show. And, um, and, and this is what people seem to want in the audience. So I gave her a whole list of ideas, and she, she I actually was able to turn her head, show her the light, and give her a sense of how we could take the broadcast side of ufology and, and paranormal uh, investigation in general and take it to the next level. So there may be hope. Now, we're talking about the head of development for, you know, a very prestigious production company out, out in, in California. And, you know, I think that they're, they've got to see the writing on the wall when a show like Chasing UFOs fails so miserably. And I think that the, right now the time is right for these people to possibly take a little bit of a chance and really start to try to move this thing forward. Mike, you want to comment or Gogs? No, I was just going to quickly comment. Chris, um, how about uh, would they ever cover the SLV camera project? Was that mentioned at all? Well, again, they're, they're looking at a, at a complete TV show series, so they want to try to, you know, like an ancient aliens uh, go for five, six, seven years. Uh, I don't think there's enough. I mean, obviously, that, that would be a, sub, uh, a subject and, and a show or two or an ongoing theme within the series, of course. Um, I, I never even brought that up uh, at this point. Uh, basically, I was just trying to, sh to show her that, People are, are really tired of the same old thing, you know, of, of recover, recovering Roswell, the Phoenix Lights, Gulf Breeze. You can just rattle off the cases that in every show of this type, they're always going to be going back to these shows. And I'm sorry, it, it's like trying to, for years, you go to a conference and, and Stanton Friedman would be talking and he would literally word for word give the same presentation. I mean, the younger generation, uh, people that have uh, been involved in this field, and the old-timers, I think, are all tired of rehashing the same material. We need to take this thing to the next level. And, and that would be um, looking at it from a, a, a cross-discipline sort of way. When you go to a place, it's not the people that should be the focus. It should be the place. What else is going on? 
like in, in Ellsbury, Missouri, for instance, in 1979, just to give you an example, ufologists showed up uh, in this town and were dismayed when they found out that Bigfoot was also being associated with the mutilations uh, uh, that were occurring there. Uh, UFOs are being associated, mystery helicopters. People need to open those blinders that they have on and start to realize that all a lot of this stuff appears to be interrelated, whether we like it or not. And we need to, to look more at the place than specific events and people. I think th- they're indications of something special about a place. Uh, the area in Scotland or, or that you're in it has an incredible amount of very, very interesting uh, historical information. You know, you, you have kind of one, a, a UFO triangle there. Um, you know, anywhere you go in Australia, there's areas that are that are just fascinating. We have Yowie sightings and all, all sorts of, you know, stuff that the outside world isn't really that aware of. I think the new and different approach to this is to look at it in context to other unexplained mysteries. And this approach has never been tried before. And I, I really think that uh, I might might have <laughs> at least put a bug in her ear. And uh, she's very interested and wants me immediately to send her a proposal. So, Chris, how, how as you're saying, I... I... You know, all that sounds great to me, but as you're saying, the reality show is the show du jour, and how can those things you're talking about, how can they be encompassed in a show that is going to be in a kind of reality format? Or are you trying to say that you tried to convince her to go away from the reality format? No, no, use use the reality format. Have a team of experts, each one specializing in a particular thing. I'm giving away all my uh, my ideas here on the air, but... Yeah. You know, I'm writing so them down here, and I'll have my agent contact all the production companies in advance. Yeah. <laughs> Basically have uh, each character be an expert in their particular field of, of, of study or investigation, and have them look at a particular area from a particular area of expertise, and then combine them all. Have analysts, have on the on the ground investigators, have you know people that are more sociologically inclined, have research people, and have them all be part of a team, kind of like a CSI thing. You have your your forensic uh, on the ground uh, people looking for evidence. You have your people that are interviewing real people, people that are interviewing the participants or, or witnesses. You have uh, your analysts who are analyzing the data. And you have your, your big picture theorists who are, who are looking at all the constituent elements in different parts and then, and then kind of piecing them together to come up with an overall picture. So basically what I'm, I'm championing and what I'm suggesting is the place should be the star, the people and the, the events should be the supportive material. And you can still have that, uh, as you put it, reality show du jour interaction of characters. And the, the actual team can have their disagreements and, and their different points of view and that sort of thing to, to have that sort of person personality element there. But but I think it needs to be opened up. I, I You can't go in like some investigators did in Ellsbury, Missouri in 79. And when they heard about Bigfoot, they didn't want to talk about it. When they heard about uh, this particular type of thing or aberrant societal behavior, it was too much for them. They just wanted to focus on their individual interests. I can see it already, you know, taking that great idea with all these different people with their different expertise, the way the TV producers are going to do it, you know, the end result's going to be something like this, you know, 
David, the cryptozoologist, has fallen out with Jack, the engineer, and then it's going to show you them talking to their friends or something, and they're going to turn it into some big brother thing. So you've got the basic idea of what you're saying exactly, which would be great, but then they're going to turn it into, well, what are they gossiping about instead of actually looking at the mystery? That's what I'm worried about, that they'll turn it into something like that. Like well, unfortunately, brother. when in Rome, you got to speak uh, Latin, you know, or, or now Italian. So, it, you know, this is what is driving uh, right now popular broadcast uh, media in, in America. And it's yeah. starting to really impact other uh, markets around the world. People, you know, for the most part, I think live pretty fairly regular, almost dull, uninteresting lives. And so they need this kind of, I don't know, sort of drama, for lack of a better term to make something seem uh, more compelling than what they, you know, do nine to five every day and, and, you know, come home, weed the garden, feed the dog, uh, spank the kids, you know, what? <laughs> we don't want to talk about spanking kids, but we, we have to do this break, guys. We have Gox <laughs> McKay and Mike Jones joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at webtv.net. That's MrUFO at webtv.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. You've thought about it for years. Well, the time is now. You need a secret bunker, and you need it deep and strong. Atlas Survival Shelters should be your first and only choice. The experts at Atlas can help you choose a shelter that has all the comforts of your home and is 11 times stronger than square box shelters. Call Atlas at 1-855-4-BUNKERS. 1-855-4-BUNKERS. Or visit IWantThatBunker.com. Atlas Survival Shelters. Better prepared than scared. September is National Preparedness Month. That's right. We like to call it Preptember. And there's no better place to get prepped than with emergency essentials at BePrepared.com. This month only, save 40% on our super supply of freeze-dried vegetables. That's a savings of $159. Freeze-dried pork sausage crumbles are 39% off. Regularly $39.95, now just $23.99. There's a lot more. Call emergency essentials at 800-999-1863 or visit BePrepared.com. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. We travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets, but fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window 
and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use, you just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $29.95 with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we have a listener roundtable, and we're discussing the future, the past, the potential of paranormal research, plus all the side issues with Gogs Mackay and Mike Jones. And to show you we do have a worldwide audience, Gogs is from Scotland, and Mike is from Australia. Chris and I are in Arizona now, but we've been in other places. And we're trying to talk about, well, if a network is going to produce a UFO-related show, how do you set it up? How do you do investigations? And what do you emphasize? And the thing that Chris brought out is the fact that we look at the location first because we want to see why or what about that area attracts strange things, strange events. So I was going to say, remember when um, I think it was Colin Kelleher mentioned that um, NIDS uh, had either were already interested in or had been made aware of, in quotes, several other areas in the continental U.S. that had activity like the Sherman Ranch, also known as the Skinwalker Ranch. So I've I would be interested to know, you know, where else there is stuff like that going on and I know Marley Woods has been put forward by Ted Phillips as a place like that. I'm sure he's mentioned somewhere in Romania, that's something that sticks in my head. But anyway, so there apparently there are locations that have this multi-paranormal thing going on uh, in and around UFOs and yeah, I think that would be absolutely dynamite for, at least for us anyway, as a UFO-liking audience. Um, so if they could find any kind of areas with, you know, interesting stuff like that, I'd be all for it. 
But Chris, uh, I, I understand you don't want to give everything away that you're trying to, you know, get shows off of and stuff. And uh, um, but are you aware of any kind of active areas that you would think, even if you don't tell us where they are, are you oh, aware yeah, of anywhere? Yeah, there's many of them. Uh, I could rattle off a, a, a dozen uh, just off the top of my head. Basically, we I've talked about this on the show before. I've got a formula that I've sort of put together over the years of five different uh, points that if a particular area has the criteria to meet these five different points, then it should, it should be a, uh, you know, an active uh, hot part. And so over the years, I've kind of slowly formulated a five point sort of formula that would help us identify a potential hotspot area. And, and they're very, very simple. If it has unusual geophysical properties, um, which, could range uh, from minimum maximum field strength in the Earth's magnetic field, uh, close proximity of minimum maximum field strength, uh, gravitational lows, alternating uh, clay and water in the aquifers uh, in the area, a history of sacredness by any sort of indigenous people and or a, a kind of a history of strange events in the Celtic countries, the Standing Stone areas, uh, the, where the blue stones are, for instance, uh, in your neck of the woods, Gogs, down in Australia, there's there's uh, very strange anomalies. Uh, Ayers Rock would be uh, come spring to mind. That's kind of an unusual anomaly there geophysically. And there's uh, legends among the Walpuri and other down others down in that area of of you know strange occurrences and waves of activity that have attained some sort of stature within the oral tradition or written tradition. So you have unusual combinations of events occurring. And generally, you have some sort of government or military interest in the area. And oftentimes, they're actually trying to expand their control, buy more land, uh, appropriate more land, or uh, become uh, more dominant and have more control of this particular area. So if you have these five things, you've got a hotspot area. And there are lots of them all over the the globe. Uh, just in the United States alone, I could probably name 10 or 12. So there are these hotspot areas. I think many of them have not been identified by ufologists, by cryptozoologists, because they're, they're, they're looking at it from their own, with their own pair of glasses, their own sort of blinders on. And if you look at this formula and you start looking at particular areas, you'd be amazed at how many of them there are out there, some of them in urban areas, uh, for instance. So this would be the kind of uh, approach that I would champion to uh, the TV shows. Okay, we wrote that down now, and what's going to happen is we're going to take that, and we're going to patent it, right, Chris? You can't put a patent on an idea in Hollywood. But I think the key here is that... This has also been the approach of UFO research itself, right, Chris? That we're looking at the individual events as if they're separate events as opposed to the combination or the fact that different parts of the world may yield different sorts of things. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, of course, you do have your cultural and subcultural interpretations that, that, that vary. Um, you, If you go to Africa and, and let's say, a... A set of events happens. It's interpreted in, in, in a particular way within the subculture. If you go to Europe, if you go to, to any area on the planet, there's going to be a, a subcultural and cultural bias of how that, that particular event or a series of events is interpreted by the locals there. And so there is, I think there is this kind of 
uh, obviously compartmentalization stovepiping going on within the investigation community. And I, I think that if UFOs happen in a place that we should also be looking at strange weather, aberrant social uh, behavior, uh, just synchronistic events that normally are, are not caught by a, a stovepipe, you know, <laughs> blinded uh, investigator. And this is something that, that I, I really picked up early on in my work in the San Luis Valley, which is one of these areas. You know, why did we have 12 fires in a single weekend? Why was there roadkill scattered everywhere you drove? Why do we have UFO sightings, cattle mutilations, um, uh, the bridesmaid sister of the bride knifing her, her bride's sister at a, you know, at a wedding reception, uh, as, a, as an example of aberrant social behavior? Why did all these things happen over a two-day period? And then, boom, everything seemed to return back to normal. It's just these types of, of synchronistic events and what appear to be disconnected or unconnected events occurring, and nobody is taking notes and, 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 and looking at a big-picture sort of view of, of, of these areas and, and these types of, of concurrent events or uh, synchronicity. I, I think it's really important. And a TV show that would, that would take the approach of looking at this whole potpourri of potential, <laughs> I, I would say, anomalous events, uh, I, I think would really take this field into a whole new uh, realm. It would move this whole uh, realm of, of broadcast coverage of these subjects uh, into a whole new arena. And unfortunately, I've just given away my billion-dollar idea. <laughs> Say, hey, Chris, um, someone smarter than me, if they was to put together some, were to put together some program that uh, searched the news worldwide on the web or something, and they were looking for, you know, uh, as you're saying, aberrant social behaviour plus lo uh, being in the vicinity of a military area plus being in the area of, you know, a uh, known sacred site and stuff. I wonder if there's a way to actually kind of keep an eye out, if you like, have something, you know, a computerized program running, keeping an eye out for somewhere Absolutely. that ticks all these boxes. And then, because, well, and I think one place that, I wonder if you could persuade a Russian TV <laughs> executive to do a show in Russia, because I think they could probably do it without all the, you know, the reality aspect. And that place is huge. And I, I think it's probably got far more places, as you're saying, oh, than we even know about. And there, there are a lot that we know about already in, in Russia. Well, and, in China, uh, too, in, in, in parts yeah. of the Southeast, uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, you know, my, my publisher, David Hatcher Childress, just got back from Burma. Uh, he's been to the, you know, some areas in Indonesia that, that very few people are aware of. Where this, uh, there's activity that, that is, goes back into prehistory that has been, you know, documented in the oral tradition and lately written down that nobody around the world is aware of. There's places scattered all over the globe that would be wonderful. Of course, when you're talking about traveling and <laughs> taking cruise, you know, on 12 hour flights and stuff, you know, it gets expensive. But once a show like that begins to get some steam and headway and, and, and get some notoriety and the budgets get a little bigger, you have like destination truth going to Japan. Uh, there is a way to, for instance, um, create a following, generate some ad revenue, which pays for all this stuff uh, in the long run, and then start to branch out from the area where the, the show originates. And in this case, you cover North America, maybe go down to Mexico and just start filtering out. 
there's areas in South America, for instance, that that would just blow people's minds if they knew the types and 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 the frequency of of events and, and occurrences that that happened down there. And this is just the start, folks. We have so much more to cover with Gene, Chris, and our listeners, Gogs and Mike. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I think maybe what we should be doing, Chris, is start our own production company, go to Kickstarter, and raise money for it, and then shop it around instead of depending on one of those big guys from doing something, because... They're not going to pay you what you're worth, Chris. We're talking about ideas, I guess, for the ultimate UFO paranormal reality show, aren't we? With Gogs Mackay and Mike Jones joining us. Yeah, well, I need to get down off my soapbox and start giving away all my uh, all my cards here. But this is the direction that I th- I feel personally, having been involved in this field on both sides of the camera for so many years. This, I, I think, this is the direction that it logically is going to be going in another ufo hunters another chasing ufos another sci-fi investigates is only going to last 
six episodes, maybe, unless they come up with a new and different way to cover the same old thing. Because that's basically, that's basically what they're trying to do is just do something new and different covering the same old material. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask Mike. You know, w- what would he like to see uh, on TV? If we're talking about TV programming in the interest of those interested in the UFO paranormal, um, does he have any input? Any ideas as to what what we can do that's going to be watched, but also be meaningful and interesting for us? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, regular listeners at forums.theparacast.com would know I have a, a keen interest in language and labels. And so 40 years ago when I was first became interested in UFOs, it, it was a question, you know. There, was, there wasn't any complacency about it. It was a question, are they real, are they not? And we had TV shows like In Search Of with uh, Leonard Nimoy as the, as the compare. Um, and, but, but now the, the language has changed, and, and instead of, in search of, and, and the implied question, we're getting reality shows as if it's a reality. We're getting the UFO hunters uh, chasing UFOs. They all imply that it's a real thing. And so there seems to be an evolution of attitude from is it a question, are they there, to yes, they're there. Um, we just now need to find some proof. And there seems to be this this, this change in, in, in the way we're looking at it. We're no longer looking at it as if it's a mystery or a question. We're now, we're now looking at it as, as if it's a given and, and as if it's a reality, as in the you know, reality show format. And I think that is possibly part of, of, of what we're looking at here. And, and I, I often wonder whether that is being managed, whether that's the way it's supposed to go or, or whether it's being coached down, down that path. Yeah, the the old um, slow acclimatization to a reality thing. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. There, there, there is certainly an aspect of that, um, that, that 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 might be at play. I can't say whether it is or it isn't at play, but certainly there's a lot of indicators that, that might suggest that might be at play. Just in regards to your um, your um, suggestion to to troll the, the the internet for these various incidents, you might want to check out uh, Cliff High's uh, Half Past Human webbot. He's got a project that sort of does something very similar, and I'm sure it could be tweaked to sort of look at the specifics that, that you, you raised earlier. Right. Just uh, enter um, some search terms that would be triggered and then, um, you know, be flagged. You know, I just got a call from <laughs> – it's funny. I, I do Grand Canyon uh, private tours uh, as one of my sort of cash flow occupations, um, and I, I, I don't do them very often, but but uh, occasionally I'll, I'll get these canyon runs. and. Uh, Guess who called me last week? Uh, wanting a tour, CNN. So I, I, I must be graduating up to the big time. They're, they're coming out next week to, uh, to do some location scouting, check me out. And, um, uh, I guess they have a new show called Inside Man. So I'm, I'm kind of scooping them on, on this, but I guess they want to do a whole, uh, show on, uh, on UFO hotspots. So maybe I'm on to something here. So when you say CNN, you're talking about what, like producers? In this case, yeah, it would be the uh, producer of the show Inside Man, which is a new show that's on uh, CNN. It's a feature program, and uh, I haven't seen it myself. I've heard some pretty good things about it. When they called initially last week, uh, you know, it was kind of inquiring about who I was, what I was about. Uh, you know, I told them, look, I'm not a Sedona New Ager. I'm not a woo-woo guy. I haven't drank the True Believer Kool-Aid. If you want that type of person or that type of, of coverage or show, 
David Sarita. I'll give you the names of the people that will that will be more than happy to take you into woo-woo land. But if you want some serious talk about a serious subject, I'm your guy. So evidently they think uh, they're coming out uh, next week. Well, that's good. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, sounds encouraging. No harm, yeah. in, no harm in trying anyway. Well, I made the first cut. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Same thing happened with Letterman back in 98, I think. Uh, I actually got called by the Letterman show. Man, I was excited by that. It didn't oh, quite fly. I think I got bumped by uh, Jack Hanna, the animal guy or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so it was one animal versus another. Well, I'm I'm a strange beast. Uh, Jack Hanna has kind of mundane beast. Listen, I don't watch that kind of show anyway, so what do I know about those things? I'd like to yeah. see it. All right, so well, somebody watch Inside Man for me. I haven't had broadcast television in my house for over seven years, so one of our listeners out there, uh, post on forum.theparacast.com. Uh, if you've seen Inside Man, I've heard good things about it. Uh, why don't you give me your uh, your uh, instant critique, and uh, I'll be I'll be forewarned and in uh, well briefed for my little little tete de tete uh, here next week. Kind of semi related to that progress and having decent coverage on TV of UFOs and other mysteries. I remember the question I asked Jan Harzan of MUFON. What has MUFON learned about UFOs in the past 40 years or so of operation? And I'm not satisfied with any answers from anybody on that yeah. subject. We haven't learned really very much. We just kind of keep replaying the old videos. Yeah. Yeah, uh, some of the most famous footage was taken over 50 years ago. And just basic sightings. We're still talking about Roswell. I mean, last week we had Donald Schmidt on the show talking about the real Area 51 and Wright-Patterson Air Base, but much of that history is the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Yeah, well, that's the question. You know, was there a golden age of UFOs? And I don't mean uh, of the public having an interest. Was there a golden age of there being more UFOs? Are, are, I've always wondered, is, is the frequency of, well, UF, UFO events, is it the same as it's ever been since the modern age? Has it, does it, you know, well, we've talked about peaks and troughs uh in sightings, but I'm not entirely sure if reported sightings necessarily accurately represent what is actually in the sky. Maybe a bit like that question, you know, if a tree falls down in a forest and there's no one there to hear it. You know, there might be plenty of UFOs in skies that are not being photographed, videoed, or seen by the human eye. I just wonder, you know, uh, there are, some people have said that, that they, they think the reason that UFOs may have been active at the late 40s was because of the, the nuclear question. We were exploring, splitting the atom. Well, we'd already done that, but, uh, you know, nuclear power and nuclear bombs. And that could be a reason for ET, if it is ET, to have an interest in the Earth. So have they learned what they want about that? And now they're keeping a, a lesser eye on us. Or what? I mean, what do, what do the rest of you guys think in terms of... Well, if you, if you actually use MUFON's journal as a guide to frequency of UFO cases, it does appear there's a regular number of UFO sightings each month. And it seems that in 2012, 
there were quite a few sightings. Well, we saw an increase, actually. That's right. So there are sightings in waves which continue to occur. Local newspapers or broadcast outlets may carry these stories, but when it comes to the national media, you know, unless it's a very slow news day, they're not going to say anything about it. But it doesn't seem as if the numbers have changed drastically. There's more one year, less the next year. So if UFOs have left us, well, we have a different group of UFOs. We also have our listener roundtable with Gogs and Mackay, Mike Jones, with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. Hello, I'm Steve Shank. Everybody's heard the statement that what you don't know can't hurt you. But truth is, what you don't know is the only thing that can hurt you. For example, you might not know how our country's wars can hurt you. Japanese radiation and the Gulf oil spill are destroying your seafood. People don't understand how America's 50-year worst drought is hurting them. Our natural disaster experience has proven relief organizations can't take care of the victims. And there's the huge question of how the government will feed all the people that it's promised to feed with no no food. What if we made the whole country into one big neighborhood where we take care of each other by taking care of ourselves? Here's the plan. For every new EPAC 60-day food supply that you order, eFoods Direct will send a 7-day food supply to each of two families in your name, free of charge. Go to eFoodsDirect.com or call 800-876-0871. 800-876-0871. eFoodsDirect.com. 
I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it, it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. After my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. This goes back to what we used to talk about is the publicity flap in UFO research, where something gets major publicity. And suddenly people start seeing UFOs, but maybe it's not that they are seeing UFOs any more frequently. It's because the publicity encourages them to report. Gene, it also encourages people to, to be on the lookout. I exactly. see the same exact thing in the cattle death uh, mystery. As soon as the media, especially the regional and national media, get involved in publicizing cases, then untrained eyes driving by a a pasture seeing a dead cow that's you know just had natural scavenger action it can appear unusual looking to someone that's untrained and so all of a sudden you see a flowering of of additional reports it seems like publicity there's there's a formula If, if there are sightings a lot of people see them the publicity uh gets launched then people seem to be looking and more prone to report misidentified um, natural phenomena, uh, landing lights of planes, uh, and that sort of thing in the, in the UFO realm. So I, I think there is a formula there. But getting back to Gog's comment about the, you know, the exploding the atomic bombs and, uh, and what appeared to be, you know, of course we have Roswell and, and allegedly Aztec and other events in the early 50s, the Washington flyovers. I think that that would be an indication not so much of E.T. being interested in the planet. I think it would support more of a Mactone's crypto-terrestrial equation, meaning that other inhabitants here are worried that their environment may, may be all of a sudden in jeopardy. We have a screwy society, too, now, where in the U.S. especially, and this goes back to something I posted in the forums about a decision of Popular Science magazine. And it's about the attitude towards science where they stopped publishing comments on articles posted on the Internet. And the reason is anytime you had an article about a routine scientific development, you get a lot of crazies out there who would be basically anti-science. Oh, it can't be true. Whatever they say is nonsense. The Earth is 6,000 years old or maybe the Earth is flat. I don't know which. So they gave that up. And you kind of wonder here, you know, this anti-science attitude hurts a lot, too. It does yeah. seem something that's uh, 
It seems to be, a, 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 am I wrong thinking this is a, a, an American thing? There doesn't seem to be much of an anti-science movement attitude over in the UK. I can't speak for anywhere else. I'd imagine it was the same in Australia. Yeah, it, it does seem from where I sit to be a predominantly American thing, that is for sure. Do you see it, guys, looking outside the US, and this is related to what we do because we're dealing with something where you need to bring in scientific research, this anti-science attitude, which caused popular science to simply discontinue writing those comments. Looking from the outside of what's happening here, do you see it being a political issue because of the political preferences of some parts of the population? What do you think from Scotland, Goggs? I, I think it probably is. Well, for instance, I just don't think, when can you envisage a sitting American president or a potential one not saying that they are a Christian. You know, when, when, was there any chance you would ever have a president ascribing to no religion, which is probably worse than another religion, but it, it seems to be kind of uh, in, ingrained. I mean, I thought the, the whole idea of the founding of the United States was to kind of get away from, obviously, no taxation without representation, but also the original people coming over to the new world, uh, uh, escaping religious persecution. And I thought the founding of the states was so that there would be a complete separ separation of church and state. But it's, you know, when you're in court, you raise your hand on the Bible. Um, same thing here. And so I, I would imagine most politicians, even if they aren't actually religious, certainly in America, they pretend to be for political purposes. And I just wonder if there, if I don't know what the backlash would be against, and if it, today it's science, then that'll work. And but I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I think a lot of religious people are ignorant. I don't mean ignorant as in you know they're stupid, but I think sometimes they just haven't. They've just taken what they were born into and not given it any thought. I mean, for instance, you could take anyone in the world. Well, if you're born in Mecca, you're probably going to be a Muslim. If you're born in the west coast of Scotland, you're probably going to be a Protestant. And if you take those children at birth and swap them over, brought them up there, they would just be of the religion of their area. And I think people are lazy in not questioning religion. And I've kind of gone off track here into a kind of religious rant, but hey, lost my thread as well. But yeah, I think we're talking about is is it a political is there a political motivation behind anti science? And I think Well I think there is, but but I think the most important operative thing is that as as we progress uh through the years, science gains more and more knowledge. Uh they become more and more sophisticated and that sophistication, that process of knowledge is now becoming so ivory towerish it's out of reach of the comprehension of the average person so once science gets so specialized and so highfalutin you have this this uh, this kind of disassociation with the scientific method and people who I'm a pretty up to speed guy we all are and we do follow some of these things but there when you get into the realm of membrane theory and and the Higgs boson, uh, you know, particle that's been uh, discovered. These are so alien. <laughs> I'm using that term on purpose, pun intended. These subjects and these uh, discoveries are so out of the realm of the average person's realm of, of understanding that you have an automatic knee-jerk assumption of pulling back towards magic, 
superstition, uh, pop culture programming, things that are more comfortable and, and accessible for the average person. And so you see kind of a backlash. The more science progresses in their knowledge, the more fundamentalist people get because they are separated away from that scientific knowledge. And we, we have the scientific community is, is so far ahead and above the average person that it, it almost appears as if it's magic to a lot of people. And that's where you get into then the political and sociological implications of this and how people in mass respond to that progress of our knowledge. Yeah, we have a, a, a popular phrase down here, which is um, only in America, and that tends to cover just about anything wacky or crazy that you guys do. There is a, there's a meme about you know, the, the crazier side of, of American culture, and, and I think uh, all cultures have it. I mean, Gog mentioned ignorance earlier. I prefer to use the word social blinkers or social blinders. I think if you're born in Mecca, you're going to be wearing those, those blinkers, those blinders, if you if you're born in the Bible Belt of, of you know, America, you, you're going to grow up with those social blinders, uh, and that's just the way it is. As for an atheist president, you know, the, the last the last two have been sworn in on the Bible, and yet you do a search for you know president and 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 Satan, and and there are thousands of people out there claiming that you know whichever president is current is the Antichrist. Um, you're always going to get that. It wouldn't matter whether they're religious or, or, or irreligious. But I imagine that, that those who are calling the current and, and, for that matter, previous presidents the Antichrist, if you had a president who was openly non-religious, that, that would just be magnified tenfold. We would never be allowed to happen in this country. We have Mike Jones and Gogs Mackay. We allow them to happen. With Gene and Chris, some people don't want us to happen. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Every day, more and more people are feeling better than they've felt in years by going gluten-free. Now it's your chance to learn how it can change your life. The third annual Gluten-Free Living Now Expo comes to the fountains in Carmel, Indiana, Saturday, October 5th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Discover the world of gluten-free living with 100 vendors showcasing and selling the latest gluten-free products. Get vital information with lectures on celiac disease, gluten sensitivity, and the gluten-free diet. And with the gluten-free cooking and baking, 
baking demos. You'll learn gluten-free can still be delicious. There's a Kids Corner sponsored by Shaw, and there's even a gluten-free beer and alcohol garden. The Gluten-Free Living Now Expo. It's everything you need to know about being gluten-free. Saturday, October 5th at the Fountains in Carmel, Indiana. Admission is free for kids 12 and under and just $10 for adults. For more, visit glutenfreelivingnow.org and follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Sponsored by Kroger, Nature's Farm, Lutino, Hooties, Living Without Magazine, and Longevity. There is only one detox product that stands out above the rest. Micro Plant Powder. And it's available only at HempUSA.org. Micro Plant Powder does wonders by removing toxins from the body. Detoxification is a vital process that's extremely important for restoring your health. Micro Plant Powder is available in eight different formulations, and we can help you choose the one that's perfect for your lifestyle. Micro Plant Powder is 100% chemical-free, non-GMO, anti-inflammatory, gluten-free, and packaged by hand in BPA-free containers. HempUSA.org wants you to be healthy, and Micro Plant Powder is one of the best ways we know to detoxify your body from head to toe, all for about $10 a month. Take back your life and enjoy living again with Micro Plant Plant Powder. Call 888-910-4367. That's 888-910-4367. Micro Plant Powder. Available only at HempUSA.org. For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective alternative and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Some people don't want us to happen. I don't know. I heard that somebody else's radio show was attacking us. And this is an interesting thing here to mention. I got a letter from somebody criticizing us for making personal attacks against Coast to Coast AM. Well, I guess you can't personally attack a show. I suppose we can personally attack an individual. But maybe we've made a few remarks of a critical nature about the interviewing skills of one George Norrie. But I don't think we've ever made a personal attack against him. Chris, you never heard of that, have you? No, I, I like George. Um, he's got a great singing voice. Um, he's a really sweet guy. I've met him on a number of occasions. I think he's in a difficult position where he's an entertainer that does have a way of softening possibly your, your, you know, inquisitive nature on the air, not asking the tough questions. Here at the Paracast, we want the bottom line. We want the skinny. You, you're making extraordinary claims. Let's see some some data and some evidence to back it up, or at least some thinking that um, justifies you coming to that particular position. So, I think with the, for instance, the new uh, <laughs> the, the return of Art Bell, 
just looking, for instance, at the first week's list of guests, um, it, it was, I think a lot of people are a little dismayed and there's, there's some real rumblings on the net that, you know, perhaps Art is just doing this for the money. Perhaps he's just getting back into the fray to, um, because of some sort of, you know, he's been out of the spotlight too long. But to have the same old cast of characters on there that were featured 20 years ago on his, his coast to coast version of the show, it just, to me, it's part of the problem, not part of the solution. At the Paracast, we're really looking to come up with some guest, some uh, set of information that's going to make us all sit up and, and <laughs> you know, take notice and, and hopefully pull our level of understanding up a notch. So do, that's what we're you, about. Don't you think it shows a level of laziness on Art Bell's part? Because let's face it, even, you know, after this time off the air, I would imagine he still has a lot of clout in the paranormal field, and he would be pretty much be able to get any guest he wanted. And to just go for those, you know, tired, same few that he's had a number of times before, it's just pure laziness. And I'm a bit disappointed because I was a fan of, not a fan, a, 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 an admirer of Art Bell, a lot of his stuff. But I did mention in the forums just the other day that I had to, you know, see what what was happening. And I, I did listen to one episode of uh, Dark Matters, not to be confused with Dark Matters from Dawn. I chose uh, Richard Hoagland. And I was, I have to say, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised that Art Bell seemed to not be softballing questions. He seemed to be questioning everything Hoagland was saying, and he really had to work for it more than he had in the past. And I, I found that strange. I was expecting him to be a bit more like George Newry is just now. And just to go quickly go back to George Newry, he's not a bad guy at all. Someone mentioned in the forums before that, you know, he's the kind of guy you'd like to have as a neighbour. And, and you would, and he's not a bad person, but we're, let's just separate the fact that, you know, people can be artists and they, you know, a, a painter, say, and they don't necessarily have to be a, a, a good painter. And you can have a bad painter who's a perfectly good guy. So maybe when we're having, in, in com, inverted commas, a go at Coast to Coast or even at George Newry, we're not saying George Newry's a, a, you know, a bad guy. We're just simply commenting on his style of interviewing people who we think should be interviewed a lot more thoroughly and held to account for what they're spouting on the airwaves. During an interview with Time Magazine, Art Bell was asked about his new show. Of course, no one ever asked him why there's a guy out there who's done a show called Dark Matters for 20 years and Art Bell is still using that name. Regardless, he pointed out that he regards George Norrie as a lazy interviewer, and I guess he was going to set him straight with the same cast of characters. These are the people who always went on Coast to Coast, so maybe he gets on there and asks questions that are a bit more probing, but he's still publicizing the same crowd, as if... He's just looking for the same old audience. He's not looking for a new audience. He's just looking for the same people he had before, but now it's on a different network. But this, of course, is more difficult because it's a pay network. You have to be members of Sirius XM to hear the show. So, But you could get it online, I gather, right, Gogs? Uh, yeah, I just got it off YouTube. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> well, that's how it goes. But the point being that it's like when you have a TV show 
that went off the air, and they tried to revive it with the original cast. And what you get is the same show with people who are 20 years older doing the same thing, reciting the same lines. More often than not, it doesn't work. Mike, you have any comments on this? Oh, I couldn't agree more, Gene. I um, One of my favorite TV shows is a, a British uh, Jerry Anderson Space 1999, and I'm involved with the discussion forum on that. You have season one and season two, and season two was radically different to season one, and there's an overwhelming consensus that it shouldn't have changed, that they should have stuck to the original format and the original cast and the original people, uh, and, and people overwhelmingly do not like the change, and I think that's probably what we're looking at with the, the current topic of discussion, that he knows what works, he, he knows what's worked for him in the past, and it was just easier just to go down that same path and keep things the same. It's just reliving old triumphs he's like he just wants to maybe get that same old buzz again and uh just yeah he's, if it ain't broke don't fix it and he's he's definitely following that maxim well the show is undeniably successful the question is here does that formula apply here in the 21st century does doing the same thing in the same way with the same people apply now maybe there's a publicity angle here saying hi gang if you miss the original Coast to Coast, we have it back here in a new name with the original guy. Maybe that's the reason for bringing on the same guests. So maybe in the second, third, fourth weeks, he will go in a different direction. I kind of doubt it, though. I don't well, see him wanting to do that. Perhaps he was just using those names because, yeah, even though he is Art Bell and after this break away from programming, he, he still does have a draw. But maybe, you know, he hasn't been in the public mind as a currently working you know, radio DJ. So maybe he was using the fact that these people, I know we don't like it, but Stephen Greer, Richard Hoagland, they, they do draw audiences uh, so, yeah, he's just uh, shamelessly using them to get back in the kind of picture. And then, then maybe, yeah, he might uh, expand into more new topics, new guests. But he was shamelessly using the people who that we complain about. You were complaining to John Harzen. Uh, we've complained to other people uh, about, uh, you know, the disclosure hearings. Like, why do you include these few people who just don't do the subject any favours but unfortunately, they do seem to they do seem to have a, a fan base. It's the same old cast of characters, isn't oh. there? No one new. Do you have to get somebody who has been doing this for forty two years? Yeah, well, it's 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 the people that have uh, successfully attained and maintained a cult of personality. That's a real problem, I think, within uh, especially the ufological uh, realm and community. The people that tend to squawk the loudest and and you know really maintain this this cult of personality uh they're the ones that tend to put the butts in the seats at the conferences uh tend to be the the names that people peripherally interested in the subject matter will recognize and um i think art basically was was just trying to reestablish the show and and you know he went with what he felt were sure things michio kaku for instance was part of that i think that first week which i was the saving grace in terms of the guest lineup in my 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 estimation you know i want to wish art well and and i i hope he's he gets back into this uh with with you know his waiters on and and really tries to take it to the next level because i think doing it the same old way is not i think people want more right now i think people are looking for for forward thinkers for out of the box thinking 
for something besides Roswell, besides the face on Mars, besides aliens gathering genetic material from dead cows. Uh, we need forward thinkers. We need people that are uh, the Mac Tones of the world, the Micah Hanks, uh, the David Perkins, people, people that are really looking at the subject matter from a new and fresh uh, perspective. We got another perspective here to offer you. We have Gogs Mackay, Mike Jones with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Ceramic Body Armor is rated to stop six hits. But what about the seventh? Unlike Ceramic or Kevlar, Infidel Body Armor is proven to take hit after hit, and it just won't quit. Reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper, Infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high-powered rifles. That means safety and peace of mind. Buy yours at InfidelBodyArmor.com. Spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L BodyArmor.com. Infidel Body Armor just won't quit. You are now in the crosshairs. The NSA and the FBI are treating you like a criminal and monitoring your every move. Ron Paul said recently, The evidence of the totalitarian nature of this government is on display undeniably every day. What's taking place right now is a coup and the destruction of the Constitution. Fortunately, there is something you can do about it. Learn how to be invisible, lock down your privacy, and even disappear forever. Go to privacylockdown.com to learn how. That's privacylockdown.com. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a vapriate at LaSig.com or call 870-525-1440, 870-525-1440. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
and I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. This is a listener roundtable, and our guests are Gogs Mackay from Scotland and from Australia, Mike Jones, and Mike has got a great radio voice. We're going to use it <laughs> if he's up to. He's also one of our most frequent posters at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we were talking about the state of UFO and paranormal research maybe taking things to the next level. But we have a few questions from our audience. Maybe we should stop and get to those and get back to our stuff. Chris? Well, we do have a, a question from Nameless, who is one of our you know very active posters at forum.theparacast.com. And he goes, Wahoo! I want to know if, in regard to the truly anomalous cases that do not have a straightforward terrestrial explanation, are Mike and Gog still in the nuts and bolts alien camp? Or, over the years, and Paracast shows, are they now looking or leaning towards other hypotheses? Good question, uh, in light of our conversation. Uh, well, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm still pretty much a nuts and bolts guy. I mean, uh, Chris was talking earlier about hotspots, and, and I live in one. Um, the Blue Mountains west of Sydney is, is a UFO hotspot. It, it's a Yowie hotspot. Um, we have an Air Force base up here with no runway, so so we you know we tick lots of the boxes. We, the indigenous population um, find the place um, to, to be significant in terms of their um, spiritual um, beliefs. But from my point of view, uh, that can all be uh, handily wrapped up into the remoteness of it. Um, you know, Yowies, it's remote. Um, uh, Military, it's remote, military-like remote places allows them to do what they do with, you know, and, and, and not be spied on. Um, same with UFOs. Um, you know, we, we supposedly have UFO bases up here along with an RAF base. So, uh, and again, the, the remoteness aspect seems to me to be just as plausible an explanation as anything, um, you know, particularly highly strange. I've always been probably mostly nuts and bolts, but over the last five years especially, uh, my mind's been opened up to plenty other possibilities, and I suppose, like a lot of other people, I uh, entertain. Like for instance, it would have been in the last five years through people like Mark Tonys that I would know about crypto terrestrial theory. I definitely think that some UFOs are solid objects that are manufactured uh, by whatever, whomever. Uh, but I also think there are probably things in the sky that fit in, fall in the UFO category that maybe aren't quite so solid and manufactured. Um, I'm not sure if I'm describing this too well, but 
I would say, like a lot of uh, people in ufology, my thinking has kind of evolved a bit. Or, or certainly, I'm o- I'm open to. I'll listen to any theory, and I I am interested. Uh, you know, Chris has a few times mentioned about we should be looking at a, a closed system explanation before looking elsewhere. And I'm one of those people that thinks, well, maybe there's more than one thing going on anyway. So we can have nuts and bolts, E.T., Zeta, Reticuli, Greys, and we can also have the weirdest, the strangest of high strange things that are going on simultaneously. And I definitely think... um, I definitely think that uh, the high strange aspects, because some of them seem to be reported from, you know, pretty sane people, I think that's what's opened up my mind to some other possibilities. I I certainly am am open to other possibilities myself. Um, um, Bostrom's um, simulation argument, for example, that we might all be living in a simulation, that ticks a lot of boxes as well. Um, and I, you know, I certainly like to think outside the box. You have to think outside the box, otherwise you you, you really will will be blinkered yourself, and and your chances of finding the answers, um, you know, they, they decrease um, the the more insular and the more um, inside the box you you remain. But um, I, I, the nuts and bolts theory is still my go to theory until something comes along that that gives me more weight of evidence against it. All right, simulator, do you mean that we're all living in a fake reality, maybe like Matrix style? Yeah, Bostrom's simulation argument postulates that um, we may be living in, inside a simulation. The simulation is so good that it seems real. That uh, he, he, he refers to things like the ancestor simulation, which is we, we may actually be uh, uh, humans from the future, may have simulated their, their past in order to better understand it, study it, and that we are, in fact, those subroutines uh, within that simulation. Wow. Yeah, I, I read the same article, and I, you know, when I was a little kid, that thought kind of crossed my mind that this was all some big giant theatrical production, and I was the only one that wasn't aware of it. Um, and I think that that's a fairly common uh, feeling that, um, you know, kids from six to 10. Uh, may flash into that from time to time. It, it, it kind of harkens back to the Matrix movies, where we're we're living a simulated reality uh, that is a construct, and that God may be just some, you know, maybe pimply fifteen-year-old uh, Uber programmer uh, on some galaxy far, far away. I love I love those types of theories, and personally, and uh, I entertain them. I think that science. Uh, ultimately will be the arbiter uh, of our experience and, and, and be able to, to define uh, what reality is. As soon as they're able to define what consciousness is, there is no real steadfast accepted scientific definition of consciousness, to my knowledge. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, forum.theparacast.com. That's where we're asking questions for our listener roundtable here. I have another question, guys, from Nameless who's uh, a member of the Thousand Post Club. and <laughs> and I understand there's a higher fee to join that, but mostly it's having flexible fingers and a lot of things to say. Well, it, it's being able to be, I guess, inspired enough to participate in some of these wonderful threads that we have. There's so many wonderful posters here, and 
I learned so much from just going to the forum and, and reading people's comments on subjects. There's a, a lot of people on here that are a lot smarter than me. Let's put it that way. But a Nameless has another question for you guys, and he says, I see Mike and Goggs as being like the ultra-listener forum posters. What has been your favorite radio show or podcast moments here at the Paracast, and have there been any good forum threads or posts that are worthy of our discussion? Yeah, I'll go first here. Uh, yeah, there, there are so many to mention, and uh, I, hadn't, I haven't given this enough thought, but off the top of my head, I absolutely loved uh, Michael Horn having a bit of a meltdown. That's just something that kind of stands out. But if I was to look at the archives now, um, there's, there, you know, I'll I'll let the listeners know this. There are some shows in the podcast, single shows that I've probably listened to about five times. And wait a minute, wait a minute. I think we need to send a doctor over to you. <laughs> Right now, because I can't imagine listening to anything five times, even well, my yeah, own shows. Now, I listen to the show two times because of the editing process when we're recording the show and when we do a little post-production cleanup. But that's it for me. Five times? Over the course of the years, you see, you, you might listen to a show that's really good and maybe for whatever reason you are kind of distracted. I sometimes uh, listen when I'm driving and stuff, and you don't you don't hear it all or take it all in. Um, or, or a couple of times I've gone back and listened to things because of what's been said in the forums, and I've went back to, to kind of check and see what people say. Uh, I don't want this don't want this to sound like the kind of thing that used to go on in the early eighties when I was young, and it was how many times you'd seen Star Wars or whatever, but not a lot. But there are a few of them, and if you pick any show just from probably not even that long ago and stick it on just now, you know a lot of it goes out of your mind. And if it was a good show then, it it still is. Um, there's been there have been so many good guests on. Um, Mac Tony's, he, uh, he always had something interesting to say. Um, what else was the question about? Yeah, uh, about forum threads. Yeah, there are loads. But actually, Mike started one, uh, this isn't paranormal, but Mike started a, a forum thread called Official Funny Stuff. And there's been, I think it's on about 40 pages or something now, but there's been so much funny stuff there, which has been a bit of kind of nice uh, comic relief from when the forum can get a bit inflamed. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. somebody in that official funny stuff gave the cover of one of my sci-fi books, Attack of the Rockwoods, that I wrote with my son. He said the cover was the worst cover ever. And I don't know if it's the best cover ever, but it was designed by a former Disney artist, so it can't be that bad. I don't know. But you wonder. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And there we go. We have Gogs Mackay from Scotland. From Australia, we have Mike Jones. From somewhere out there, we don't know where, Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Curious about what comes next? Next is the feeling of vulnerability you get after you arrive home to discover your house has been ransacked by burglars. Fool the bad guys with a new improved fake TV. You asked for it, we listened, and we made our new fake TV three times brighter than our previous model. The brightness of our new fake TV is equivalent to a 40-inch TV. It simulates the color and motion of a real TV while you're away from home. And when burglars think someone is home watching television, they're likely to pass your house and move on to an easier target. The new, brighter Fake TV is only $39.95 and includes free shipping. Go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're out there, as people say about the show. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we're having a listener roundtable with Gox McKay and Mike Jones and answering a few of your questions. Any more comments to make about that last question Chris asked before we go on to one or two more? I, I had a number of favorites. They're all great shows. Um, I, I, I especially enjoy Nick Redfern when he's on. I enjoyed Stanton Friedman um, when, when he was on. Um, I, I, I think that the forums are, are fantastic. They're a great place to, to exchange ideas, and, and I think that's the greatest power of the Internet. For us old timers, you know, we started off with with books and and magazines uh, and and attending the odd event in in real life. But the internet has really allowed people to to really come together and and explore their ideas together in ways that we we just couldn't do in the old days. Chris, how about you? Because you joined the show, say, in 2010, first as a guest host and the permanent co-host. But up until then, we had a lot of shows. Any favorites that you'd like to listen to more than once? Well, yeah, uh, in light of the book that I'm um, currently finishing up on the cattle mutilation phenomenon, the roundtable we had with um, uh, ex-police officer from Fife, Alabama, Ted Oliphant, and um, the animal pathology field unit investigator uh, from Wales, uh, Philip Hoyle, that that, that really sticks in my mind because it was one of the first shows that I was a co-host on, and 
And um, I have had to go over it uh, a number of times. I've, I actually did a transcript of the show. You have my sympathy, sir. <laughs> Someone who actually has a business of doing transcripts sent us a sample of the James Fox episode, which I'll post soon. So it can be done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it definitely can be done. Um, of, of course, sometimes phone connections and um, and kind of scratchy audio, in, in the case of Ted Oliphant, makes it a little bit more difficult. But, you know, there's been so many shows. It, it was a thrill for me to have uh, Jacques Vallée on. Uh, I, I just was very thrilled. Uh, the Stanton Friedman, uh, John Alexander episode uh, sticks in my mind. Um, we've had so many shows uh, with so many high points, and, and we've had a few shows with some low points. But I think that's one of the, the magical things about the Paracast, and always has been since uh, its inception in 2006, is not only do we get good quality guests, I think, from week to week, but we were able to pull some interesting bits out of, out of everyone that we get on the show. Uh, the Clifford Mahoudi show, um, I felt was really groundbreaking because for the first time we had a, a Native American elder of the, in the Pueblo tradition, a Zuni elder coming out and stating for the first time, uh, on international, uh, international, you know, platform or forum, some of their most closely held, uh, star knowledge and, and star being knowledge. So every week I learned something new. Uh, there are some weeks where I learn a lot more than I do other weeks, but uh, I, I do particularly, <laughs> I, I love going back to the archives uh, from time to time, and, and I have re-listened to some of the Meltdown shows that are uh, actually becoming a little bit notorious uh, by now, and and I enjoy, uh, you know, my previous uh, co-hosts' uh, uh, rather incredulous uh almost uh, angry approach at times uh, to some of the guests that we had on in the first three years. I think the show is a little kinder and gentler now, but we still are digging into what makes people's thinking tick, how they can back up their particular analysis and theories. Uh, as, as for the forum, there are so many threads on here. We're up into the tens and tens of thousands of, of, of posts um, like I said earlier in the show, there are a lot of people that post at forum.theparacast.com that I learn and, and uh, actually uh, sometimes jaw-dropping facts and uh, constant, you know, it's a constant source of, of links and, and places to go to do further research about subjects. Um, we have a very vibrant community here. I think Mike and Goggs, there's a, there's a number of us uh, who have posted uh, up into the thousands of times that not only bring their their experience and their you know their gravitas and their their expertise to bear on subjects, but also inspire others to do further research. I think it's important for a forum community to inspire its members uh, to you know dig further and get deeper into particular subjects and it's it's freewheeling and <laughs> you know the music thread i i don't know how many posts we have on there now you know people posting music i've been turned on to so many cool bands and artists and stuff just on that one single thread and you know that's i, I agree totally with mike and goggs that this is what the internet this is one of the the biggest positive 
uh, elements of the internet is it's instant access to sources and materials that further your own knowledge. And that's really important. And we really try to maximize that here, Gene. You know, one of the best shows I think we've done at any time would be when we lose somebody in the field and we do a memorial show. So, for example, we had John Keel back in 2009. We did John Keel Remembered. We had Tim Beckley, Jerry Clark, Lauren Coleman, Jim Mosley. And we had a memorial show about Jim, too. Brad Steiger and Kurt Southerly. So we had a lot of people who knew these researchers, and we bring them on. And a lot of times these people aren't regulars for paranormal shows. Like Jerry Clark doesn't go on these shows very often. Then we had Richard Halls passing honored with Jerry Clark, Don Ecker, Paul Kimball, Dr. Bruce Maccabee, and Kevin Randall. Interesting conglomeration of people. That was August 2nd, 2009. And when Mac Tonys, who came up with the theory about crypto-terrestrials, and he had such a short lifespan, he died in his 30s. Just so unfortunate, so sudden. And we had Greg Bishop, Paul Kimball, Patrick Weech from Anomalous Books. I mean, we're talking about some people who you know always hear on the shows, and we were really glad to have them on. So that's a sample of what we've had. And just looking at more recent shows, Lou Farish, who was really a stalwart in the UFO field, and he passed on in 2012. We brought on Jerry Clark again, Rick Hilberg. You've probably never heard on radio, but Rick is an old friend of mine, and he's been involved in UFO research since the 1960s. He's still at it. Kurt Southerly and Nancy Talbot joined us for that one. And then Jim Mosley. Jim Mosley died in 2012. Someone I've known a very large portion of my life. We brought on Tim Beckley, Jerry Clark, with whom he'd had some friction at time and time. And then Alan Greenfield, Geneva Hagen, and Bob Zanotti. And of course, Bob is a longtime radio talk show host who did a lot of shows with Jim. And we even presented some of the shows with long gone paranormal UFO researchers on the Paracast a couple of years back. And by the way, Bob and I talk regularly, and maybe we'll do some more. So you'll not only hear the best of what we've done, but some of the things that Bob did way back in the 1960s that may have some relevance. How about A.J. Javert from Brazil? He's done a couple of really good shows. I like A.J. He's really a character, and he's really knowledgeable, and it's always fun to talk with him. We've had him on the show three or four times, and he has an interesting perspective. But what's most interesting is he lives in a country, Brazil, where UFO research appears to be taken far more seriously than it is here. Well, it's mainstream. Sure. And so he works with people in the government to get this information. I only wish that AJ would come out with an all-English version of his publication. Get distribution here because I think he's got a lot of evidence that we should know about, really should. Yeah. That's A.J. Gavard. And that's a sample of what we're talking about here on the Paracast. We've been around since 2006. It's hard to believe we've been here over seven years. It'll be eight years very soon. And they didn't think we'd get past the first episode. <laughs> Gox Mackay is from Scotland, one of our forum moderators and one of our listeners, an occasional show guest. We have Mike Jones joining us from Australia for the first time. With Gene and Chris from somewhere out there, you're in the Paracast. 
Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Gold, it's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Hi there. My name is Frank Bates. What I'm about to tell you in the next 60 seconds could get me in a lot of trouble. I just created a free video presentation at 123coverup.com that exposes the electricity monopolies and government agencies for what they really are. Incompetent, lying crooks that are counting on your ignorance and fear to keep your power bills criminally high. Some have called this a conspiracy. Others have called it a cover-up, and you will be shocked to find out how deep the conspiracy goes. My video at 123coverup.com exposes the truth and shows you the secret of how I beat them and how you can beat them too. Watch the controversial video that thousands of other smart patriots have already seen in the last three months. Go to 123coverup.com and discover one weird trick to slash your power bill and protect your home. Go watch my video now at 123coverup.com before they force me to shut it down. Again, that's 123coverup.com. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for long and healthy life.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have Mike Jones, Gogs McKay with Gene and Chris in the Paracast. Do we have any questions left in our till? We didn't give listeners more than a couple of hours warning. Well, we do. Um, and I just want to add before I go on to the next question that anytime we have a active field investigator, Stan Gordon comes to mind. Um, those are the shows that I really look forward to as a co-host, uh, to, you know, learn some, some techniques and some, some formulas from, from real grizzled veterans who've been in, out in the field for years. Uh, those are, those are some of my favorite shows. Well, we have, um, we have a question here that's uh, it's kind of uh, off topic, but uh, again, Nameless uh, wants to know if uh, you guys think the new Star Trek film has generated lots of criticism. He thought it was okay, but he could see why Trekkers might be up in arms. Anybody have any comments on the latest Star Trek film? The film is called Star Trek Into Darkness, and... I think one of the things that Trekkers are annoyed about is the fact that they reimagine the most notorious villain in the Star Trek canon, Khan. Now, Khan appears a character in Star Trek twice, in the original series, and also in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. The late character actor Ricardo Montalban, Spanish actor, played Khan, who was, I guess, Indian. Okay. So he played it with his Spanish accent, but he was a great character actor, played him over the top. Really the only character. person more over the top than, uh, than William Shatner. Shatner, right. I mean, if you want to have two over-the-top actors play against each other, chewing the scenery, Ricardo Montalban, and who played Mr. Rourke on that TV show, if you remember that, and of course William Shatner. So in the movie, they reimagined the Khan character. Now, understand with Star Trek Into Darkness, the new Star Trek movies that were directed by J.J. Abrams, they take place in an alternate timeline. So therefore, they can reinvent everything. You could have the same characters with new performers playing them, but all the things that happened in the original Star Trek no longer apply. It was a smart thing to do, because this way you don't have to worry about whether some obscure scene in 1967 on the original series, which set forth something, has suddenly been violated because it's a new timeline. It's all different. The use of the Khan character is controversial. And let me give you a spoiler, okay? I'm going to ask you, if you haven't seen Star Trek Into Darkness and you want to be surprised, turn down the volume control for a couple of minutes here. Because what happened here is we have the character Khan in Star Trek Two, Spock dies from radiation poisoning. He's resurrected in a very complicated thing involving Vulcan physiology and mystics and and the, right and the Genesis Project. This all brought him back to life in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, which was directed by Spock, by the way. Leonard Nimoy directed that film. Okay, in Star Trek Into Darkness. Captain Kirk is the one who goes into this area with the high radiation. He dies, 
And the classic line, Khan, that William Shatner uttered, is uttered this time by Spock, who is confronted with the death of his friend, Captain Kirk, who, by the way, is resurrected in the same film. They didn't wait till another film. I think that whole part of it was very severely criticized by Trekkers, some of whom rate this as the worst film in the Star Trek universe, the worst Star Trek film. Now, in terms of box office, it did, what, $450 million or something like that. Made a lot of money. There's going to be a third Star Trek film with a different director because J.J. Abrams went on to do Star Wars. How about that? So what's my opinion about all this? I think it was a really good film. I think you have to kind of sit back and enjoy the experience and don't worry about whether they did a take on or violated something in the Star Trek canon because it's a new universe. It's kind of like the controversy with the film Man of Steel, the Superman reboot, where, spoiler again, Superman kills General Zod. They say that can't happen, but actually in the comic books it has happened. That's my opinion. Anyone else see the film? Mike, you're a huge sci-fi fan like myself, so you must have something to say. I uh, I haven't seen the film yet, um, but I was reading the review the other day. I'm, I'm about to purchase it on Blu-ray in 3D, and what the, the, what the review said was that, that in terms of the 3D, it's probably the most impressive application of the 3D technology on Blu-ray that we've, we've yet seen. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I actually went to the shops last week to get a copy and, and couldn't find one, um, but I, w- I will be getting a copy soon. I guess, yeah, look, ch- changing the, the timeline was something that, that had to be done because otherwise, as, as Gene alluded to, the, the hardcore fandom would, would just rip it to shreds at every step. And, and that was going to happen one way or the other anyway. But I guess by doing it this way, it mitigates a lot of the, the potential um, damage that, that could have come out of that scenario. Um, you're never going to make everybody happy all of the time. I, I loved the first one. I thought the characterizations were, were spot on. I, I thought that um, there, there were aspects I didn't like. Um, uh, but but for the most part, I, I thought it was a great movie. And I think in terms of performances, I like the guy who plays Dr. McCoy, who, by the yes. way, is doing a TV series for CBS, Almost Human, where his partner, it's a futuristic procedural, is an android. Okay. I think Chris Pine does a great Bill Shatner. He doesn't have the voice, but he has the attitude and the swagger of William Shatner. I think he does a great job. Not so much Zachary Quinto, who plays Spock. He has the look, but he doesn't have Leonard Nimoy's attitude as Spock. Well, Spock with a love interest, that just didn't sit with me at all. Well, you know, I think they want to be very different, but why not? You know, obviously, we have to consider this way. His father married an Earth woman, so why shouldn't he be in love with an Earth woman? Right, and plus you have a whole potential fifty plus percent of the audience being female, so you've got to have you've got to have some sort of um, romantic attachment that that has depth and meaning. So, so it should have been Kirk with a ripped shirt fighting an alien down on a planet, you know, winning a lady. That that would be Star Trek. No, I well, okay, but remember, first- Carol Marcus is in the film. So does he have a love child with her in the next film? <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with Goggs. I, I didn't like the, the love interest with, with Spock. I mean, alternative universes are one thing, but you know, Vulcan physiology should have been the same all the way through. And unless 
he was going through the pond far, then there really was no excuse for Spock to have any sort of love interest at all in the plot. But how then you'd explain his father? Remember, his father's married to an Earth woman. Yes, he, he was, but they don't sort of explore too much as, as to how. I, I imagine that, uh, that that Amanda's relationship with uh, a Vulcan would not be the same as her relationship with a human. I, I imagine that for the most part, it would be fairly um, platonic, uh, except for when when the the Vulcan mating um, the pond bar kicks in. Um, so basically, Vulcans never believe in casual sex. We have Gox Mackay joining us. We have Mike Jones joining us with Gene and Chris. Live long and prosper. No, that's the wrong show. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com it's time for a home security quiz. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $30? Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. To get your fake TV for only $29.95 with free shipping, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Every day, more and more people are feeling better than they've felt in years by going gluten-free. Now it's your chance to learn how it can change your life. The third annual Gluten-Free Living Now Expo comes to the fountains in Carmel, Indiana, Saturday, October 5th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Discover the world of gluten-free living with 100 vendors showcasing and selling the latest gluten-free products. Get vital information with lectures on celiac disease, gluten sensitivity, and the gluten-free diet. And with the gluten-free cooking and baking, 
baking demos. You'll learn gluten-free can still be delicious. There's a Kids Corner sponsored by Sean. And there's even a gluten-free beer and alcohol garden. The Gluten-Free Living Now Expo. It's everything you need to know about being gluten-free. Saturday, October 5th at the Fountains in Carmel, Indiana. Admission is free for kids 12 and under and just $10 for adults. For more, visit glutenfreelivingnow.org and follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Sponsored by Kroger, Nature's Farm, Lutino, Hooties, Living Without Magazine, and Longevity. A healthy digestive system supports a healthy immune system. And a healthy immune system protects you against infections and disease. Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse, available at Terraganics.com, is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic and is gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 contains three groups of beneficial microbes and enzymes to cleanse and remove toxins, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, and aids in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 one is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, is non-GMO, has all natural certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is never freeze-dried. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. There's nothing wrong with talking about science fiction. Is there? Because science no. fiction, I think, to some degree, influenced the UFO field, Gogs Mackay and Mike Jones. Like, the day the Earth stood still, with Mike Rennie as Klaatu in the silvery uniform, I think that influenced some of the early contact claims, especially George Adamski. What do you think, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Earth versus the Flying Saucers, too, as well. Which, by the way, was adapted, strangely enough, from a book by Major Donald Kehoe, Flying Saucers from Outer Space. They optioned it, and I think the first two minutes talked about UFO sightings, and the rest was a grade B science fiction film. And Kehoe was really upset over that, by the way. He really expected they were going to make a real film about UFOs and not just a film that used that as a pretext. Although the special effects are pretty good for the film. Roy Harryhausen. I, I've used uh, those special effects in a number of mock trailers that I produced uh, over Stop the years. Motion. And, yeah, they're, they're just uh, just wonderful. Just I'm a big fan of uh, the big RH. Yeah, Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, that's so classic. Wasn't that one of his last films that he did? Jason you know, and the Argonauts? It wasn't that long that he died. Yeah, I think it, I think it was the last major one that he did, Gene. Yeah, but he had retired for a number of years. I know that. And the thing is, you have to consider now, special effects today may not be as good or maybe better, but it's easier because you're just doing it with computerized artwork. We're talking about stop motion, which is literally what you hear. You take this model, this model that you make of the creature, of the flying saucer, whatever, and you take a picture, and then you have to either move it very slightly over 24 frames per second, and each movement is another picture. It, it sounds to me incredibly complicated, and it takes a long time. And the yeah. fact that it works as well as it does 
is amazing. Remember, you've got to incorporate, like uh, like Chris just mentioned, the the fighting skeleton scene. You've got, you know, they're talking about what in the fifties, and they're incorporating stop motion with live action in a fight, and it looks, you know, it still looks good today. It looks like those guys are fighting those animated skeletons, but you know, to make it, you had a pile of actors. I don't know, just looking at thin air. It wasn't even green screens or anything, and you had models being moved incrementally over weeks and weeks, if not months and months and months. And they put that together and it came out with something brilliant. I I think you could show Jason and the Argonauts to, you know, any kid today and they'll get a kick out of that movie, even though it looks a bit aged and the effects aren't, you know, quite Jurassic Park. In their own way, they're, they're, they're even better because of what they were made with. I mean, well, that's- I... That's analog versus digital, Gogs. I mean, that's yeah. back in the old analog days. And, and boy, I'll tell you, you had to have an incredible amount of focus for detail and perseverance. You mentioned weeks and months. You can do that stuff now on a computer in hours. Well, let's just take a look, by the way, at the films he did. The last films he did were Golden Voyage of Sinbad, 1973, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, 1977, and Clash of the Titans, the original yeah. version, not the Rocket. new one, in 1981. And he did some shorts and stuff like that after that. But in 1981, he basically retired. He died just this year at the age of 92. Ray Harryhausen, who probably influenced more people out there, more current filmmakers with special effects than just about anybody. Yeah, going back to Star Trek, I uh, guarantee J.J. Abrams would be a big fan. You can bet he was. I would say, however, that I kind of regard J.J. Abrams, a lot of things he does are kind of flawed in different ways. I mean, you got to look at all his TV shows, for example, like Alias, the one that made Jennifer Garner a star before she met and married Ben Affleck. I really liked it. A lot of things were done well, but then the series kind of descended into all this mythology in the last year or two. Lost, I think to this day, people are trying to explain the ending. Yeah. They're trying to explain the ending. Then we had Fringe, and Fringe, of course, started getting involved in alternate timelines and everything else, kind of like what J.J. used with Star Trek. And that got kind of confusing, too, and I think the last couple of years were hard for most people to watch. The ratings were down, but they let the series run its course. But that's what you see there, where sometimes these programs that he does get out of control. My criticism of the first Star Trek, for example, to show the size of everything, you had endless scenes of running around the Enterprise. And the reason you had them running around the Enterprise is to say, look how big this ship is. We now have all these advanced special effects. Why do you need to see people running all over the place? They did a little bit of that in the second film. But the first film had too much of this running, running, and more running just to show the size of the ship and that very little advancement of plot. What do well, you think, well, guys? Well, Gene, the very first Star uh, Trek movie, probably a, a sizable portion, 10 15% of the movie was reaction shots of the of the principals looking at the view screen on the bridge. I to mean, see just- all the stuff around him. Yes, a lot of it was overly focused on showing the return to the Enterprise. Oh, my God, we're back at the Enterprise. Let's do, you know, five minutes on that. 
Oh, by the way, the director, the UFO Connection folks, the director of Star Trek The Motion Picture, back in, what, 1978 or so, Robert Weiss, who directed The Day the Earth Stood Still, also The Sound of Music, by the way, and was a believer in UFOs, the UFO Connection. There's yep, also a connection with Roddenberry as well, uh, and, and I haven't been able to find any concrete links, but I, I have heard it mentioned, and, and I've read it in, in the old-fashioned books, that Roddenberry himself used to visit a, a channeler who used to channel you know, ETs from the, the Galactic Federation, and that he got an awful lot of his ideas from those sessions. Oh? That's, yes. Wow, that's yeah, news that. to me. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, a couple of books I read years ago um, that, that dealt with UFOs, um, but one by a local Australian lady um, made mention of it. Now, you know, you, you can't believe everything you read, obviously, in this world, but I certainly have come across references to Gene Roddenberry uh, visiting a channeler um, who, who was then channeling ETs, um, a bit like Blossom Goodchild, I guess. Um, uh, but there was all that raw channeling going on in those days as well, so it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Um, that that he he may have in fact visited a, a channeler and and got some of his ideas um, from those sessions. So just think, all these iconic characters in Star Trek, they all came because of a channeler, huh? Well, I'd love to know the truth behind that. It doesn't matter though because we're talking about fiction, folks. This is science fiction; it's not real, so it doesn't matter where he got his inspiration. Actually, what supposedly his inspiration was based on was doing a wagon train in the stars. Take the wagon train TV show, and that's why he pitched it to the network, and move it to outer space. And by the way, do you all know the connection to Star Trek of Lucille Ball? What was Lucille Ball's connection to Desi Star Lou Trek? Desilu Productions. That's right. Okay, so when she got divorced from Desi Arnaz in the 60s, she took control of this studio that they had, which produced their show, I Love Lucy and Others, Desi Lou. And Desi Lou greenlit, or she greenlit, Star Trek. Okay? So it was a Desi Lou production. Then Star Trek, of course, was part of the acquisition of Paramount Pictures when they bought Desi Lou from Lucille Ball. So they bought Desi Lou, and it went to Paramount. But Lucille Ball, among other things, not just being a very funny lady and a great actress, was a very smart business person. And she instinctively understood that Star Trek had a possibility of succeeding. And maybe above all producers, maybe she was the one who was willing to take a chance. So thank Lucille Ball for Star Trek and all that came beyond and after that. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's National Preparedness Month, and ReadyMadeResources.com is proud to announce an unprecedented sale. For a very limited time, you can save 45 to 70% on all Mountain House cans and case lots. Best of all, you can mix and match, and all orders include free shipping. Visit ReadyMadeResources.com and save 45 to 70% while supplies last. Hurry, this sale ends September 30th. Call 800-627-3809. 800-627-3809. ReadyMadeResources.com. Get the best for less. Attention homeschoolers, teachers, and students of all ages. Now there's a way to learn English grammar using the Holy Bible. Sacred Grammar is a unique book that teaches all of the fundamentals of English grammar using Bible verses. Affordable and simple to use, it's a superb supplement and a great teacher's aid. Whether your focus is teaching children at home, strengthening your own writing skills, or just speaking proper English, Sacred Grammar offers all the tools you'll ever need. Learn to use words through His Word. For more information, go to sacredgrammar.com at sacredgrammar.com. Big business has discovered the preparedness market, and that makes it difficult to know where to go and who to trust. MyPatriotSupply.com is owned and operated by patriots just like you. Has the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more. MyPatriotSupply.com has old-fashioned values and the absolute best customer service in the industry. Look for the deal of the day, unique affordable survival supplies that fit anyone's budget. Get same-day shipping on all orders and free shipping on orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927. 866-229-0927. Or visit MyPatriotSupply.com for emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Shop with a name you know and a name you can trust. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. Hi, my name is DeRay, suffering from migraines, having Botox injections in my head and neck to alleviate pain, costing $1,500 out of my pocket. I discovered Dr. Ortman and Gentle Touch Chiropractic Adjustment called Nuka. I'm migraine-free since my first adjustment. Thanks for giving me my life back, Dr. Ortman. I wish they prescribed you instead of Botox. Thanks, DeRay. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the solution. We design a nutritional supplement program the body can handle, actually absorb, providing nutrients, targeting the problem area. Between Nuka and nutrition, we will have you on the road to a faster and more permanent recovery. Look us up on the web at drwartman.com or call 952-303-9124. Let us help you feel better faster. Wellspring Spinal Care at 952-303-9124. Again, that's 952-303-9124. Or on the web at drortman.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Mike Jones from Australia. We have 
Gogs Mackay from Scotland. And we have Gene and Chris. We have one more segment. This one left with our show, kind of a listener's roundtable where we're going all over the place from science fiction movies. And you have to think about the influences of this to the field of the paranormal. Or maybe it works both ways, you know, that paranormal events, things that happen, influence sci-fi writers to do their stuff. And then that, in turn, influences scientists. And it's an interesting circle. So do you think, other than some of the early contact cases, science fiction's influenced the UFO field? I think that the two are probably tied together in some way. I mean, they're definitely tied together. What the significance of that is, is, is anyone's guess. Um, that we, you know, we, we do come back to the, the, the managed scenario where, where you know, mankind is being acclimatized to a greater reality, and science fiction would be a perfect vehicle for that. What do you think, Gogs? Um, what was the question? <laughs> about, <laughs> about the influence of science fiction to the well, paranormal well, field. But what are we talking about? Does the does science fiction have an actual impact on the reality of par- paranormal events or our perception of them? What I think mean? a combination of both. I think especially our reaction to paranormal events because we are steeped in the science fiction society, you know, where we have Star Trek and Star Wars and all the stuff related to that. And as a result of which, when we observe something strange, we see it in accordance with pop culture. Well, certainly before science fiction and TV and stuff like that, when people saw strange things in the sky, they tend to ascribe that to kind of quasi-religious things, uh, case in point being Fatima in Portugal, where it was, you know, supposedly the Virgin Mary and what have you. But I suppose people growing up today and uh, uh, in the last, in the the TV age uh, uh, and science fiction age, uh, we would, I suppose, if we see things in the sky or even other strange things around us, we're probably more likely to jump to more science fiction-y, if that's a word, type explanations. So I, th- I, w- I would think that science fiction for a lot of people uh, has taken the place of what religion, because religion used to cover a lot of things and, you know, things that we couldn't explain otherwise. And I suppose science fiction as a, a, an umbrella term um, uh, fits the job nicely for those who don't want to ascribe these things to kind of a religious view. Science fiction fits the, the mold. Yeah, I, I think it's a feedback loop. I think uh, life uh, is actually uh, imitated by art, and art is imitated by life. I think it's it's one inspires the other, inspires the other, and it helps pull us forward in our progression as a sentient species, and and is pulling us off planet. I mean, my my friend and mentor David Perkins, I think, came up with the ultimate theory uh, that might explain a lot of this. Um, UFO activity and other types of things, cattle mutilations, other things, religious miracles. And that is that we know that the um, sun is going to go supernova at some point. Um, the earth is going to become a cinder. Um, life will not be able to survive at some point in the future. And w- there may be some sort of evolutionary imperative that's been programmed into humanity to pull us off planet so that we can see the universe like 
blowing on a dandelion, blowing those dandelion little parachutes around to to seed uh, seed the universe and to you know get a foothold uh, somewhere out there and continue to thrive and and it's you know it's a survival mechanism that uh, is programmed into the into the you know collective unconscious and we may be supplying ourselves with the kinds of of inspirations um you know moments of gnosis um divine intervention possibly to trick us to get ourselves off the planet so that we can go out and propagate the species uh, this is one of the most elegant and wonderful theories that that i've heard and it makes a lot of sense to me what do you guys think so what you're saying here is that we're being forced or encouraged to go off planet because at some time in the future this may be a necessity not just something that we want to do for science and exploration i go with that except for the problem that the space program has so much languished in recent years maybe we need more ufos gogs well we've we've got plenty time to do it in terms of you know uh when the sun is going to envelop the earth but just going back to what chris says about you know that theory um yeah it, it, uh, a bit like panspermia, we we may not even be the we may be the product of that happening somewhere else beforehand, you know. Exactly. Another, yeah, and it, it's an ongoing thing. We're just uh, a a point on a timeline, and it will happen after us, and it happened before us. If it is the explanation, and I and I know that in the the Star Trek mythos. Um, the, the 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 galaxy was seeded with humanoid life, and I kind of I can kind of go go with that. It, it kind of neatly explains why uh, aliens could you know have a body, a head, two arms, and two legs. I know there's a whole arguments about about that, but um, uh, for those of us who think that life is out there in the universe, and like me to a, a great degree, considering how big the universe is. Um, I would be very surprised if we were the first, and I'd be very surprised if we were the latest. We might be, we're probably somewhere along the middle. And, uh, <laughs> Good point. I, I, I absolutely concur with that. Mike? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I don't think you even need to invoke uh, ET in terms of, of us getting off the planet. Survival is encoded into every life form on the planet. And I think as soon as, 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 as an animal realizes that their, their environment is finite, then, then the survival um, imperative will, will drive them to find a way around that problem. Um, and you get that, if, you know, we've been exploring this planet and we've been going to every last corner of it. As our population expands, we find more and better ways to, to live in places where we, where we otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, and, I, and I think that um, the, the survival imperative um, w would drive that no matter what. Yeah, so, uh, and I agree. And we have not explored uh, at least ninety percent of the the worst uh, the world's oceans, and some of the subterranean, uh, you know, spaces have not been fully explored. But I, I think the whole idea of survival is really imperative here. Uh, survival and propagation are are two of the the driving forces with life forms. And and you know, Gog's uh, point well taken here. You know, we may be just part of a, a sequence of events that 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 somehow is being propelled by these uh, basic instincts so it uh, to me i think that there is a possibility that on some level we may be supplying ourselves with 
the impetus to jumpstart, you know, this particular survival mechanism and, you know, where the ending is, where the beginning was, uh, is totally, you know, open for discussion and interpretation. But, but I think a lot of this is sleight of hand by the collective to fool ourselves into making sure that we do the right thing. Because, you know, potentially within a half a billion years, we better have, or uh, we're not going to be here for long. No choice there at all. Okay, Gox McKay, do you have a website or a place where people could find out more about you? Um, no, but people can always find me at the forum. Okay, Mike, how about you? Pretty much the same answer, yeah. I don't have a website that, um, that, that people can contact me on, but anyone that does want to contact me can get me via forum.theparacast.com. Chris, tell us about your site. OurStrangePlanet.com It's a strange planet. That's why it's OurStrangePlanet.com. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as The Paracast. We're The Paracast on Twitter, so follow us. Maybe we'll follow you. You can also find two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook, and someday it's all one account. We'll make them one when someone shows us the way. Or you can visit us at theparacast.com and learn more of the things we do and also download every single episode ever of the Paracast. This has been our Listener Roundtable. Thanks to Gogs McKay and Mike Jones for joining us this week on the Paracast. Okay, yep, thanks for inviting me, Gene, and um, see you later. Thanks for inviting me, uh, guys. I've really enjoyed doing the show. Thank you. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.